Welcome to Study, Grow, Know, where we discuss theology, prophecy, and current political issues from a conservative biblical perspective. Here's your host, Dr. Fred DeRuvo. As we're learning, it clearly appears the powers that be lied to the public from the beginning of CV. And Daily Clout reported on 46 pages of Freedom of Information Act emails they obtained between, quote, CDC leaders, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Collins, and White House, NIH, HHS, show they knew about the vaccine-induced myocarditis and thrombotic thrombocytopenia, unquote. And I have links for this stuff in the transcript. And this means basically, though, that they knew about these problems, yet they continued pushing things and providing actual misinformation or disinformation to the public with Mockingbird Media backing them up. Now, these same people continued lying throughout the pandemic because their goal was to get as many people as possible to take the jab. They continue to lie now because they want people to booster up to continue taking more jabs under the guise of keeping society safe. When in point of fact, the data shows a potential correlation that disavows the safety and efficacy of the jabs. And in fact, the correlation between the jab and the adverse reactions, including turbo cancers, is seriously growing. But the pharma companies, as well as the government and many within medical fields, are completely ignoring the anecdotal data. This is not a conspiracy. This is reality. This is what's happening. Now, of course, as can be expected, the FDA continues to shrug off any concerns brought to them regarding the inclusion of SV40, which previously we've noted was simian virus 40, and plasmid DNA in the serum of the jabs. Another link for that. Moreover, Dr. Peter Corey has another view regarding these jabs and their potential connection with the increase in turbo cancers that we're seeing, and he calls it nothing short of a catastrophe, his words. So if you take the time to read through these reports that I've linked, especially footnote number three, you'll read about how doctors and nurses are seeing a huge uptick in these cancers. In fact, these cancers are often multiple cancers, different types of cancers in the same person. What used to be exceedingly rare is now commonplace. The safe and effective mantra has no truth to it. The actual effect of the jab has the exact opposite effect to it. And yet the government pushes on as though their lies are truth. And they look at people who have reasonable objections as though they're crazy, demented conspiracy theorists. The more medical professionals come out with the results of their studies highlighting a potential correlation between the jab and the illnesses and adverse reactions, the more they are either ignored or vilified. Daily, we read of very young to older to very old people who are simply dropping dead like flies. They're involved in doing what people do daily, as they've always done, and they collapse for seemingly no reason from heart attacks or major strokes. Folks are continually baffled at the unexpected death from an otherwise healthy person. What is truly maddening is the number of people who seem unable or unwilling to realize that there may be, in fact, some correlation 
with their cancers or other adverse reactions and the jab. The jab is the common denominator in spite of the varied reactions. While it seems very difficult to prove causation, the possibility of correlation is largely ignored either because they simply refuse to accept the possibility or are so brainwashed that they cannot see the possibility no matter how much anecdotal evidence is provided. I cannot urge readers enough to read through the footnoted articles. Now, how can this be happening while those in our government continue moving ahead with their plans to vaccinate everyone this fall, considering just how many people have died and or continue suffering from all kinds of mysterious adverse reactions related to the heart, the brain, or other organs, and from turbo cancers as well? I mean, something is seriously wrong. Is it all connected to the fact that the USA seems to be purposefully being destroyed from within through a thick blanket of continual lies? At every turn, global society is faced with one major issue after another. It's as though the pandemic was an excuse to create an overwhelming continual set of ongoing problems throughout global society that keep us occupied and completely off balance. Here's just a sampling of what we're dealing with as a global society now. War with Ukraine slash USA versus Russia. Rumors of other wars, China versus Taiwan, etc. Potential nuclear war somewhere in the world and threats thereof. Possible peace in the Middle East, but maybe not. Depends on the day and who's talking. Mounting economic problems worldwide, including continuing inflation and food shortages. Oil has reached $95 a barrel, soon to be $150 a barrel, according to J.P. Morgan. Constant talk of coming smart cities, which will control people's ability to travel and curtail their freedom of movement. Digital IDs to keep track of our movements. Safe acts essentially curtailing freedom of speech worldwide through the internet. Tech companies canceling people's channels, guilty until proven innocent. Constant insistence that climate change will destroy the earth. Pushing fake meat and fake food in general. Threats of a huge global food collapse on the way. Major push for digital currencies to replace all paper money and means of payment options, a.k.a. control. Now, on top of this, we have thousands of foreign aliens illegally walking into the USA through our open southern border. Now, instead of securing that border, the Biden administration is welcoming them with open arms and is granting them, quote unquote, temporary visas that will allow them to work here in this country. Unemployment in the USA is already very high, so having more workers is not going to help, but will make it worse. So in a sense... The people landing here will push Americans out of the job market. Moreover, none of these people illegally entering the USA are given health checks, including the CV jab that many to most in the USA were forced to take or else. Beyond this, they're getting voting ballots as well. We are constantly warned of an upcoming economic global collapse, which includes inflation because of increasing fuel prices. Commercial and residential real estate will experience another potential collapse. None of this is good news for anyone except the ultra-rich. They will gain more wealth at our expense because of how they can position themselves in society and in the stock market and in the housing market through speculation. I realize 
Many have been warning about all of this for months. The problem is that while the writing on the wall can be clearly seen, it takes time for the dominoes to begin to fall. But once they begin to fall, they fall mightily and they fall quickly. We can look ahead and see that 2024 is likely not going to be a good year for anyone who is not already very wealthy. The rest of us will suffer to some degree, great or small. So it's not difficult to understand that the major effort in play to take down the current global economy is happening. Once that occurs, the Great Reset has neared completion and ready to replace everything that existed before it. I was talking to a brother in Christ at church this past Sunday while we were on security. He noted that it is more difficult for him to be in the in-between area, between the two situations, you know, what was and what is going to be. It's the same with me, but that's where we are right now. We're moving toward collapse, but we're not there yet. Because we're not there yet, it's difficult to know exactly what it's going to look like, how it's going to feel, or how long it will take to replace what exists now and what is going to remain standing. All of this can be worrisome, and I'm simply not good at casting all my cares on the Lord. Self-disclosure right there. 1 Peter 5, 7, it takes work on my part, and sometimes I do not succeed as well as I would like to. Quote, he says, Be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So the key here is to seek humility, to be humble, which requires effort on our part. I am not that humble. I can be when I put the effort in. And that's what God is expecting me to do, as Peter commands. Depending on your personality, it can be easy or difficult to be humble. For me, it takes deliberate and concerted effort to go before the Lord, admit my shortcomings, admit that I, I like to control my life instead of having him do it, and leave my cares and concerns there at the altar with him. So when I face a mountain in front of me, of all the bulleted items I already listed, I know God does not want me to worry over these things. I know that he does not want those things to control me. Jesus told us in one section of the Sermon on the Mount that we should not waste our time worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen to what he says, Matthew 6, 25 to 27. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you can, by worrying, can add one cubit to its stature? I like what he says here. Are you not more value than they? Referring to the birds. Interestingly, you talk to the climate people and PETA, and they'll tell you that animals are more valuable than humans. That's not what Jesus says. He goes on to provide other examples of why we should not worry. Intellectually, I understand what he's saying, and my inner being wants to live like that. But it is tremendously difficult for me to just let go of some things. By letting go, 
It doesn't mean I don't make plans about certain things. By letting go, it doesn't mean I go through life with a fa-la-la-la-la-la-la attitude that's oblivious to potential problems. That's not what that means. What it does mean is that I don't allow the worry to cause me to freeze up through fear, to rob me of wisdom and discernment, or to cause me to curl up like a ball overwhelmed with fear. Because of what God says to me in his word, I have an obligation to continue pursuing truth. I also have an obligation to push the negativity away. The only way I know how to do that is by continual praise. I don't know any other way to do it, and yet I'm still not in the habit of doing it. I must be deliberate in my praise of him. And folks, I'll be the first to admit that oftentimes when I began praising him, it feels so absolutely fake, as though I'm simply saying words. Eventually, though, I find myself getting caught up in praise and adjusting my vision, my view, so that I see more of him and not the circumstances. You know, it's kind of like physically exercising, which I've recently gotten into again. I don't know too many people who absolutely love it. I certainly don't. However, I know when I involve myself in, for instance, resistance training, I feel better overall. My muscles appreciate the workout, even though they may groan at me when I start. Eventually, they come along and give me something back so that I can keep going. Now, at 66, it's not that easy, but it is beneficial because with age comes muscle depletion and atrophy. Our muscles just get smaller. They start to go away. I have to deliberately work to counter the issues of aging. It's really the same with our relationship with God and Christ. We need to work at it. We need to push ourselves. If you have a personality like mine, you'll need to push yourself more than the person who naturally has a more optimistic approach to life. The growing challenges we are all facing in this world will not go away by ignoring them or by worrying about them, will they? In either case, they will overwhelm if we do that. At least some of the things we are being warned about may never happen in our lifetime, depending on how long each of us lives. Others may arrive sooner. In the end, God does not want us overcome or overwhelmed by any circumstance. He wants us to rise above, and we can only do that by entering into a sincere routine of praise, which increases our faith in who he is and his guidance. Reject the world, reject worry, and replace it with praise and a focus on God. You will receive wisdom and discernment and an ability to rise above the circumstances that want to sweep over you. Thanks so much for joining me today. And until we meet again, I pray that God would open your eyes to show you how blessed you are in him. You've been listening to Study, Grow, Know with Dr. Fred DeRuvo. Please join us each week for new broadcasts that deal with theology, prophecy, and political issues from a biblical, conservative perspective. 